OU and Texas A&M, of course, Texas, LSU, and Alabama as well. But it really feels like this is a OU-Texas A&M battle as we head into tomorrow. And, uh, Parker, we've been really kind of uh, leading with this most of the week up to this point and even last week. So where we thought it was going into the week versus where it is right now, would you say this is more interesting for OU and Terry Bussey? Or has it gotten least interesting as the week has gone on for Terry Bussey? Well, I'll tell you, I, I don't know that it's gotten any more interesting on like at face value, but I think the very fact that it hasn't gotten more interest or hasn't gotten less ent- interesting almost makes it more interesting. You know, like we're sitting here 24 hours from the decision for Terry Bussey, and there hasn't really been any material change. Neither staff has been informed of a final decision, and so – the very fact that there hasn't been an obvious resolution to the Terry Bussey saga, I I feel like that carries a lot of intrigue heading into tomorrow. And I, I still lean Texas A&M, but Oklahoma, without question, has made this thing interesting. And they're right there with the Aggies in this battle. It's those two teams. Doesn't seem like it's going to be anybody else. Seems like It very much seems like it's going to be either Oklahoma or or Texas A&M. Yeah, well, I mean, A&M, I'm sure, feels confident heading into tomorrow, but are they uh, maybe sweating it a little bit more than they thought they would a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago? I, I think that that could, uh, that could absolutely be the case. And if OU, if things were to go OU's way tomorrow and they get Terry Bussey, this is just on the 24-7 sports rankings. Um, didn't calculate on the rival side, but OU currently has the number seven class, according to 24-7. That would put OU as the number four overall class. So Terry Bussey would get you from number seven all the way to number four in this recruiting class if you get the five-star athlete tomorrow. And uh, this goes out to uh, Parker. This goes out to John Whitson, who's with me at Brown O'Haver, co-host of the Boomer Bevo podcast, and the Meyer Chevrolet text line as well. And, John, I'll start with you. Um, if OU were to land Terry Bussey tomorrow – where would this rank in terms of best moments of the 2024 class? Because I rank David Stone committing to OU as the number one best moment for an OU fan so far in this class. I think Taylor Tatum picking OU over USC might be number two. Um, Devon Mitchell picking OU a few months back could be number three. But when you look at this recruitment, how big it is, like where would you would you put it at the top three? Would you put it at two if it happens tomorrow? Where's your uh, excitement level going to be? Well, I think it's bigger than I think it's bigger than Devon Mitchell, but n- but not by a lot. It's the fact that we if we do get it, it's over A and M. I mean, this right now, this is a matchup between Emmett Jones and the Bag, right? I mean, that's that's the battle that we're talking about. Is can he out recruit the Bag that A and M's going to lay lay down at him? And if he can, that is a ginormous win. It can't be underscored how important it is to be able to beat A and M like that. So yeah, I put it at number three if we're able to get it because you can't – he's not a defensive lineman like David Stone, and it's not a slap in the face to Lincoln Riley. So, yeah, number three. What, what do you think, Parker? I mean, this five-star, big-time player, where would this rank? It's I, I don't think it's in front of David Stone. Maybe it's not in front of Taylor Tatum. Is it 
two, three, in terms of biggest moments in this class, where would this rank? I would actually elevate it over Taylor Tatum. And I know Sooner fans got the head-to-head victory for their program over USC, which is another reason to feel good about Taylor Tatum. Right, the fact that you got to watch Brent Venables and DeMarco Murray jointly stuff Muleshoe in a locker for the number one running back in the nation. But Parker, Parker, go slower when you tell that story. It sounds sounds great. Take your time. Yeah, don't rush through it. Yeah, yeah. but obviously David Stone, I mean, that's, that's as good as it gets in the 2024 cycle for Oklahoma. But Given the caliber of player that Terry Bussey is, guys, I don't know if you realize this or not. This is a human being that accounted for 80 total touchdowns as a junior in high school. He was Dave Campbell's Mr. Texas football as a junior. And again, I, I just I, l- let me say it again so we can all take a moment to appreciate how ridiculous it is. 80 total touchdowns. Yep. 80. Like for context, I, how long does a high school season run in Texas? Well, it depends on how deep you go in the playoffs. But generally, these guys aren't playing more than 15 games. You remember Joe Burrow's ridiculous 2019 season where he basically torched every single passing well, record. I saw him throw com- for about 10 touchdowns against OU in that yeah, exactly. Peach Bowl. So he yes, had, I do. He had 60 touchdowns that year in 15 games. And that is considered the greatest statistical season in college football history by a quarterback. It's a lot easier to account for touchdowns as a quarterback than as a running back, wide receiver, defensive back. Like, quarterback, you can kind of stat pad a little bit more. You're not, get, you're not typically going to see a skill position guy going for anywhere close to 60 touchdowns over the course of a single campaign. Terry Bussey had 80 as a junior in high school in Texas. Parker, we, we are on the outside looking in, though, right? I mean, all the other advantages. I, I know I said it was about the bag, but there's other built-in advantages for A&M, right? Yeah, the proximity, obviously, that's a big one. I mean, a lot of East Texas kids end up going either to Texas A&M or to LSU. So, yeah, A&M naturally has been and I would say still is the favorite in this race. But, man – been saying it for months now Oklahoma has been consistently been like they have been right there as the school that if Terry Bussey was going to go anywhere but Texas A&M it would probably be to Oklahoma to play for Emmett Jones and Emmett has done an outstanding job in this recruitment absolutely outstanding which is par for the course and people have come to understand that about the way that Emmett Jones operates this is just what he does but if somehow he pulls this off tomorrow, I think maybe the most impressive thing isn't that you're getting a five-star player. It isn't that you're getting a guy that accounted for 80 total touchdowns as a junior in high school. It's that you're prying a kid away from Texas A&M when for months leading into the decision, the conventional rhetoric had suggested that it was – a done deal. He was signed, sealed, and delivered to College Station. I mean, it would be like we all, we can all agree it'd be one of the three biggest moments of this recruiting class. And if you want to extend it out, it'd be one of the biggest moments, biggest surprises. I mean, however you want to say it, over the course of the past five years to get a five star athlete of this caliber. I mean, it would be it'd be massive, guys. I mean, it gets you up to the number seven class, to the number four class. A and M's got a slight lead going into tomorrow, but you at least have a puncher's chance here. Um, man, it'd be, it'd be massive. Tyler, a year ago, uh, 
y'all were picking on me, and I think it was more Travis who's going to be on later, but y'all were picking on me because I was asking the question, why can't Oklahoma be the number one recruiting class in the country? You say, well, well we ne- that's never where we've been historically. We never really have a chance at that. You know, but top five is, you know, significant advance, you know, a significant achievement, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, asked, I say that because if we were to get Terry Bussey and it moves us up to the number four class, is there a path with a Williams Winery and our other and our other targets that are yet to be committed? Is there a path we get to number one, or is Georgia too far ahead? So, I mean, the, the only path that there could be, and I haven't done the class calculator just yet, I mean, every name that we bring up, Michael Boganowski, Grant Bricks, Daniel Kumi. God, maybe even Jordan Seaton, who's coming in this weekend, Williams Winery. You might have to have all of those go your way. So, is there necessarily a path? I, I don't. I, I have to go do the class calculator. But for OU to get to the number one class this year, Parker, like literally everything and every flip would have to go their way that we're even mentioning here down the stretch. So which we know the percentage of that being the case. Yeah. So what yeah. I'm hearing is OU getting everybody. Yes, exactly. So you're saying we have a chance? That's what I'm asking. That'll be the attitude yeah. they beat Texas here in about a week and a half, is that they're going to get everybody. They're about to take over, rule the state of Texas. It's happening. Well, Watch out. When, when we beat Texas, it's gonna we're going to have the most momentum we've hey, had. Say that slower so we can enjoy it. When we beat Texas, we will have the <laughs> most momentum we've had on the field since uh, Caleb Williams beat Texas. I mean, the momentum is going to be fantastic. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I just want to say we shouldn't limit ourselves because I think we're going to have the opportunity to do something really big when we beat Texas. From the 405 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, is there any way Terry Bussey would visit OU even if he commits to Texas A&M? What do you think about that, Parker? They don't have the same visit policy that OU does. Could you still get a visit from Bussey even if he picks A&M tomorrow? Yeah, I think it's within the realm of possibility. Certainly not something I would count on, though. Uh, okay, Cherokee Sooner says, Parker, speed up telling the Joe Burrow story. I don't want to relive that. I'll, I'll go ahead and retweet, that's for sure. 918, what does OU have to do this weekend to take the lead with uh, with Seton? He is going to be in town. David Stone will be in town. Devon Mitchell will be in town. We'll kind of run down the names who are going to be in. But, I, I mean, OU is going to have to make up some serious ground with Jordan Seton, right? Um, he's going to visit Florida uh, early on in October. He's been to Bama and Colorado already this year. I mean, OU sounds like they're really going to have to knock it out of the park for us to be saying on Monday, yeah. uh-oh, OU made a huge move here with Jordan Seton. I'm just – I'm very skeptical that OU makes that big of a move with this kid. And I think when you look at some of the other schools involved, it's easy to figure – what is dictating the outcome of this recruitment more so than anything else? So I, I figure Oklahoma, Bill Biedenboe would probably have to get a signed and notarized contract written in blood that Jordan Seaton would get an Outland Trophy at the University of Oklahoma, and even then, <laughs> I'm not convinced it would be enough. Nine one eight. I don't like this question. When was the last time that a recruit came down to OU and A and M and OU got the commitments? Easy. Oh, you had the answer? No. Oh, this, okay. I thought you said easy. No, no, here. no I got just, the answer. I was all no, excited. You're right. No, no, no. Yeah, that let's, one. Let's that, not relive that. Zion Kearney. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's happened more recent than we initially thought, but um, you, you've had some some losses to those guys, unfortunately. John Whitson, uh, co-host of the Boomer Bevo podcast, is with us. He's also with Brown O'Haver. Before we get into what's going on at Brown O'Haver, hint, there's a lot going on at Brown O'Haver, what does your co-host, you, uh, you represent the OU side of the Boomer Bevo podcast, Kevin Miller, he represents the Texas side of the Boomer Bevo podcast. How's old uh, Kevin feeling about the Texas recruiting class? He's got a five-star offensive lineman over the weekend. How's, how's he feeling? No, he feels great about it. He feels great about it. They got that five-star offensive lineman. Let me pull my notes up real quick because he's feeling like they've got four more guys lined up. Uh, who did they sign? Brandon Baker. Brandon yeah. Baker, yep. And they're counting on Kobe Black yep. and Ryan Wingo. And they're, they're counting on those guys in the stable at Texas come signing day so that's what two two more five stars stars there parker the over under is set at one and a half for texas remaining five stars committed you taking the over i uh i mean you're not gonna like the answer but i'm taking the over (laughs) yeah they're very they're very confident and I, i was asking him like who else are you going up against and he was having a hard time, like, formulating who they're really Did going to say, the world, like Ryan Day, it's Texas versus the world. Listen, dude, let's not even get talking about Ryan Day, Day uh, Dan Lanning, and the guy from Washington State. Those coaches have lost their minds. I can't wait to talk about that a little bit later on. But, no, as far as Texas goes, they're very smug right now. They're very, very smug. They are a little worried about the Kansas game, but they're smug about recruiting. They're smug about that Bama win, and they're smug on uh, going into OU Texas. I, I – I don't know that we've seen them at a level of smugness, and that's saying that's a saying lot. a lot, dude. That is that's saying, saying a, a lot, lot man. for the University of Texas. They are living high on the hog right now, and uh, recruiting is just another place where they feel really, really good. Well, that was a very informative yet painful segment at times with some of the things that we had to relive. So let's see if we can uh, do a little bit better next segment, huh? 405-651-3439 is the Knippel Meyer Chevrolet text line. I am at Brown O'Haver today in Moore with my buddy John Whitson, 1901 North Moore Avenue. We'll tell you more about Brown O'Haver coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, John Whitson, all here today, as well as the Ref Army, listening nationwide on the free KREF app. College Grove, Tennessee is tuned in. Edmonds, Washington, Silver Springs, Nevada. John's hometown of San Antonio, Texas, Buffalo, New York, Decatur, Illinois, Emporia, Kansas, And let's go with Venita, Oklahoma, as our small Oklahoma town of the day, because Brown O'Haver just helped out a client in Venita, Oklahoma. Would you guys guys help out the McDonald's there over the highway? What what happened? No, that would be awesome. If they do suffer a loss, please call us, 405-735-5510. No, we've got a client there that suffered a large water loss. Um, And so they reached out to us after their insurance company lowballed them with an estimate of around 20 grand. Uh, Alice has been actually the one working this deal. And she's been able to get them a hundred thousand more dollars than they were getting when they hired us. In There's June. that number. Every story you tell me, it's a hundred k and up. It, it's, Man. it's fantastic, uh, and it it just uh, it speaks to us being able to uh, you know to work the policy, work with the insurance company, and get them more money than they were able to get on their own. We're still working with them. There's still more money to get. Uh, Vanita, though, fantastic small town. I guess they're building like a really big, uh, 
like amusement giant park. theme amusement park. It's going to be ginormous. Up Allegedly, there. that's going to happen. Well, it's going to rival uh, Branson, I guess. Sil- Silver Dollar City. We'll we'll, we'll hey, see. Whatever. It, good anyway, luck to him. Anyway, Vanita is awesome town. Also the also the hometown of a good friend of mine. I'm going to give him a shout out. If you, hopefully he's listening. Ron Hayes ended up playing basketball at USAO, and uh, his son, I think, is playing basketball at USAO right now. So. Uh, 903, I love the smugness of Texas because they are going to have a big letdown. 918, Texans, uh, Texas fans are laughing at the OU offense they think they are going to see in Dallas. Are they right to laugh or are they being too cocky? Uh, well, I mean, they're just laughing at the OU offense they think they're going to see. Are they acknowledging what the OU defense has done up to this point? Regardless, John is getting a very smug feel from uh, Texas fans. Are you getting a smug feel from Kevin, or are you getting a, just a smug feel in no, general from Texas fans? Texas fans, I think, Kev, you know, we've talked about this. Kevin is not your typical Texas fan. Uh, he's got a brain, he has two eyes, and he can take in information and then process it appropriately. However, Texas fan, uh, they, I don't think they – I th- don't think that they can – say the sentence that it's despite how bad we think we've looked, other people think, think we have looked, we're not nearly as bad as a Rice offense that they struggled against, a Wyoming offense that they struggled against, uh, and we're not nearly as inept as Baylor, although they did shut down Baylor pretty well. Yeah. I, don't, I still think, and if you look at what Jalen Daniels at Kansas did last week against BYU, I don't think that's what, I don't think it, we're gonna, I think we're going to have a better offense than even Kansas had. So this will be the best offense that Oklahoma, that Texas has faced not close. here in two weeks. Yeah, I don't even think – Milrow was not ready to play for Alabama. Well, I shouldn't say not close. I mean, Alabama's offense Alabama's is not Alabama. on a great level well, right now. But, but they but... weren't ready to play. Jalen Milrow was not ready to roll against uh, Texas. I think he's the best quarterback on their roster, but I don't think he was ready to roll against Texas. DG is a five-, six-year starter, whatever it is he is. And I think he's going to be ready to go against the University of Texas. So, by the way, Ref Army Locator brought to you by AffordableDoor.net, the official garage door company of the Sooners and the Ref. They compromise on the price but not on the quality. Check them out, AffordableDoor.net. Parker, I'll let you take this one on the text line. This is a, a very unique question, and I like it from Sooner Schmitty. If you had to choose between Terry Bussey and Grant Bricks, who do you choose? Oh, gosh. You you made me – you're going to make me not choose my absolute favorite prospect in the whole cycle in Grant Bricks because the answer Parker's is – taking 80 touchdowns here. Yeah, the, un, the undoubted the answer is Terry Bussey. Take the production. Yeah, no, you take Terry Bussey over just about anybody in this cycle because of not only the production and the explosiveness – and the wondrous tape, but because of the versatility, because of how many different things you can do with this guy. You can line him up at wide receiver. You can line him up at running back. You can flip him over to the defensive side and have him play defensive back. Heck, you can put him at quarterback. That's the primary position that he plays in high school. So with as much as you can do with that kid and how gifted he is at handling the ball in space and making plays – there, there's not another player in the country right now like Terry Bussey. Uh, Reggie Powers, four-star safety out of Dayton, Ohio, six foot one, two hundred pounds, officially decommits for Michigan State. Not that big of a surprise, right? He decommits before Mel Tucker uh, formally gets fired there in East Lansing. Uh, I, I guess what's next here for OU and Reggie Powers? I'm sure they're going to try to get him on campus. Maybe for that UCF game, and unless magically he can make it in this weekend. But 
What's what's next after the OU or after the offer was given out? What around a week ago? What's next for OU and Reggie Powers? Well, obviously, yeah, you got to get him to visit, and once he visits, then maybe you can start to have the conversation about Oklahoma being able to add him to the class. As of right now, OU's a recent offer. Uh, there's a relationship that's been formed there between Powers and Brandon Hall. So there's there's something. But, again, until the kid makes it down to Norman for a visit, it's real tough to gauge how serious things are going to be between the Sooners and Powers. What I do know is that if Powers wanted to commit to the University of Oklahoma, he would have a spot regardless of what happens with Michael Boganowski. Yeah, well, if uh, Michael Boganowski wants to commit to the Oklahoma Sooners, they have a spot for him as as well, like you're saying there. He's one of the high-priority targets that's uh, still out there on the board. So Reggie Powers officially decommits for Michigan State, and we'll see what else happens uh, up there at uh, Michigan State because after the firing is officially official, and it feels like they've already fired him two times before today, it's like they formally announced it today uh, with cause, all that. It's like, yeah, we've kind of known like twice now that he's already gotten fired. Players now have a 30-day win to, a window to enter their name into the transfer portal. So it's about to get really interesting. And, Parker, I'm sure there's going to be um, uh, a lot of people trying to make contact one way or the other, a lot of people keeping their eye on the transfer portal, seeing which players are uh, going to enter the portal for Michigan State, especially a guy like By Job. Yeah, and that's the guy that Oklahoma fans are going to be most concentrated on as things kind of start to fall apart up there in East Lansing. But, again, I, I'm i not going to comment on Oklahoma's chances with Bijob. I'm not really going to entertain that conversation until or unless he's actually in the portal. At that point, we can start to have the discussion. But that's probably the only guy, and obviously with his roots in Norman, it makes sense. That's probably the only guy – Oklahoma would look at from Michigan State within reason if you were to hit the transfer portal just because going into this offseason, man, with the size of the recruiting class that you're going to bring in, you're going to do a lot less work in the transfer portal than you have the last couple of offseasons. Slim Brady says, why are we wanting to take four safeties? Well, I think there's a variety of reasons. Uh, One being the fact that, look, the Sooners are recruiting Michael Boganowski as a safety. But let's call a spade a spade here. The kid is an oversized safety. And you can make oversized safeties work. If they're good enough, if they're athletic enough, if they can hold their own, you don't mind having an oversized safety. But there's also a real good chance a guy like Michael Boganowski just ends up being a linebacker. And not necessarily by design, but just because he gets to campus and you realize, okay, maybe our best laid plans for this guy aren't necessarily uh, – not commensurate with what Jerry Schmidt's getting out of him in the weight room, the weight he's putting on, uh, kind of what we see his ideal playing style looking like in our defense. And so I I think you're taking four safeties with the knowledge that Boganowski could end up being a linebacker if you needed to or wanted to move him down there. Uh, from the 405, Bussy or Bricks? That's like asking if you would want a million dollars in euros or pounds. The answer is yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'd take either one of the two right now. Real please. quick, though, back to this, back to the safety talk. We've seen how important it is to have depth at safety. I mean, the defense is significantly better this year, and a lot of it has to do with that secondary by adding Pearson, McCullough, who can kind of play that safety, seeing how good Bowen has integrated in already as a five-star. 
the safety position is super important to how this defense plays and executes. And the reality is, is Bowman's not going to be around forever. If he continues to have a really good year, this is his third year, right? Yes, it is. Correct. I mean, it makes you – I mean, I don't want to jinx anything, but it's his third year. And if he continues to play well, we know what that means. We need to be layered up at safety from a depth perspective, a competitive depth. And we, we, we see the results on the field of how important it is to be loaded at that position. I mentioned it on the rush yesterday, but kind of to the point that you just made is, for as well as OU has played defensively up to this point, the one thing defensively, and I, I think it's just one, the one thing defensively they have not done a great job at necessarily up to this point is staying healthy. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. Um, you, you got Justin Harrington, who, who's hurt right now. Desan McCola has been banged up. R. Mason Thomas is banged up. Jaron Kanick had to go to the hospital during the game. Was- Reggie Pearson didn't even play on Saturday. Like, that's, that's an easy five. And I'm probably missing a few more that have been banged up and have missed some games so far. But still, like, to that point, they haven't done a great job of staying healthy, but the competitive depth that we heard about has been so improved that it hasn't really mattered, and they still haven't been able to play at a high level. So but, boy, when we got McCullough back, you could tell the difference. McCullough makes a difference in that secondary, and it's, it's a lot of – I guess it's a secondary. I know he's the cheetah position. He looks like a secondary position to me because he's in coverage so often. We do, is the cheetah position secondary? Uh, you can count as secondary, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, add him, adding him into the mix on the secondary really makes that defense look super stout. I know Stutzman's the star, and he will be the star – but the fact that we're not having the busts that we've had, you know, for years and years and years, and the fact that they are so much more physical than they have been for years and years and years makes the defense just it puts it on another level. Uh, I'm looking at a little on three story right now. They have the uh, top classes in the SEC, and it's fun that you are counted as an SEC recruiting class this year, right? OU is ranked number six, and like number six in the SEC. Like, they have a top ten class all, all across every single network, or at least the three that we pay the most attention to. They have a top ten class, but number six in the SEC. That's just how different it is down there when it comes to recruiting. But before we hit a break, John, I'm going to read you the first sentence. You tell me how, uh, how you feel about it. The Sooners may be the hottest team on the recruiting trail heading into the fall. So they're talking about David Stone, Nigel Smith, Danny Okoye all being uh, commits here recently. Maybe the hottest team on the recruiting trail heading into the fall. Is that too strong by on three, or is that accurate? No, I think it's accurate. I think it's absolutely accurate, and I think it has to do with that recruits are seeing the immediate impact that players are having on the field. When a recruit can look at Peyton Bowen and P.J. Atabare and see that if I play, if I show up, I will have an opportunity to play on day one and make an instant impact on that team, it adds to the recruiting pitch in a way that nothing else can, to be able to see it on the field. So we've got the success. We've got the instant impact of five-star players. I, I, I think the momentum's huge. And when we beat Texas, it will only get stronger. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More OU Cruton when we get back, plus a eye-roll-worthy rumor that is out there. I don't even know if we need to count it as a rumor. We'll talk about it next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. Live from Brown O'Haver today in Moore. Brown O'Haver is a public insurance firm that adjusts insurance claims for the insured, 
not the insurance company. So if you've experienced a loss from fire, theft, tornado, or water, you need to call Brad O'Haver, 405-735-5510. That's 405-735-5510. You can hire Brad O'Haver from the beginning. And guess what, guys? If you don't get paid, Brad O'Haver doesn't get paid. That's how it works. I always say it, John. It's risk-free to call you guys from the beginning from the middle to the end, call Brano Haver, 405-735-5510. And you guys are honest. If you can't get someone more money, you'll tell them that, and you won't charge at all. But in a lot of cases, you do get the client more money. On average, Tyler, we get the clients 30 to 40% more than they get on their own. And it's because most clients will suffer one large loss in their life to their home. We're dealing with 40 to 50 large losses a month helping clients throughout the state of Oklahoma, really throughout the country. So it's we've been in business here and more since 2006. Our, our parent company since 1988 in Arizona, we know how to handle insurance claims. We get clients more money. We get them more money more quickly. So if you've had a loss, call us at 405-735-5510. To your point, there is no charge unless we get you more money we're happy to talk through a claim with you so you can see where you're at and you can make a decision whether you think the right thing is to hire us or to give the insurance company more time it's it, it really is going to be up to you i'm going to tell you what though the right decision is to hire yeah. brown o'haver and to give us a call at 405-735-5510 rival southeast spotlight commits that should make an immediate impact surprise surprise david stone is one of the handful of uh, current commits out there that's listed in the Southeast Spotlight. It says, not only is Stone the type of defensive lineman who demands identification pre-snap from every offense he faces, but he has the versatility to truly impact the opposing quarterback as an edge or interior rusher, depending on down and distance. It's exactly what the doctor has ordered for Oklahoma going into next season, considering its top seven defensive linemen or upperclassmen with six being seniors or grad transfer prospects this fall. I know Bobby Burton didn't write that because, well, he just saw him one time, and, oh, Bobby Burton just thinks that he's a three-star. But I bring up that from David Stone to uh, roll my eyes a bit, Parker, at the Internet rumors that are going on right now. David Stone in Missouri, how uh, how laughable is this Twitter rumor that's been going on for the past 24 hours? My let's, God. Okay, let's not call it a Twitter rumor. It's It's a troll job. It's an yeah. obvious troll job and should not be taken seriously by anyone. That's it. He said I, it. I think a Missouri fan even said, was it last week? Hey, come to the zoo. Z-O-U, come to the zoo. And David Stone said, no, I'm not going to that <laughs> loser school. What are you talking about? So, yeah, okay. If you don't, if you want to say that it's not even a Twitter rumor, it's just a troll, then I'm, I'm down with that. But David Stone ain't going. He ain't going to Missouri. And I don't think he's going anywhere else either. I'll tell you where he is going. He's going to Norman this weekend. He, he will be on, on a visit this weekend. And, and who else are we expecting in um, for this weekend, Parker? David Stone, Devon Mitchell, Jordan Seaton, any other notable names that uh, are planning on being in this weekend? I mean, Seaton is obviously the big one. Uh, uncommitted official visitor. Your other official visitor is Devon Mitchell. That's it as far as OVs, to my knowledge. The rest are just going to be guys that show up. I mean, you, you can expect that a good number of the commits are going to be there. Andy Bass, Taylor Tatum, Michael Hawkins, you know, all the usual suspects. Again, as far as uncommitted visitors, man, it's just, at least as far as 2024 is concerned, 
the crowds are going to get thinner and thinner and thinner the deeper into the season that you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, – I, I think the biggest visit weekend they had was – it felt like that SMU weekend, I think, is the, the felt like the biggest yeah. that they've had up to this point. So that may end up being the biggest visit weekend for 2024 anyway for the rest of the year. Uh, a couple SEC teams, not good news. Remember when we used to talk about Michael Trigg all the time and if he was going to be, uh, come to OU with Jackson Dart? Michael Trigg, I, I remember a couple of weeks ago – he had a big touchdown late for Ole Miss to beat Tulane. He is no longer with Ole Miss. Um, not sure exactly what happened there, but uh, that's that's a, that's a big blow to the Rebels out there in their offense. What a strange deal. Right? And you see this every now and again. This isn't exclusive to the Trigg situation, but a guy leaves a school with really no notice and doesn't enter the transfer portal. It's just like he's no longer with the program. Why? I don't know, but... Yeah, it is what it is. There was a time, once upon a time, where it looked like Michael Trigg might be a Sooner. And lo and behold, the and I always go back to what happened with the Jackson Dart situation because <laughs> that was where the Sooner staff's visit policy actually kind of stung them because Brent Venables and the OU staff told Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg, hey, go take the rest of your visits. Make sure the fit is best for you at Oklahoma. And they went to Ole Miss and decided, no, we want to go to Ole Miss. So, yeah, you could have had Jackson Dart. There's a world in which that might have happened. But you got what you got, and what you got has been a year and a half of consistently above-average play from Dylan Gabriel. In fact, you could make the argument, I would make the argument, that Dylan Gabriel has been better at Oklahoma in that time than Jackson Dart has been at Ole Miss. Yeah, I don't think that's a stretch. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's. I don't think that's that's not hot yeah, at sit, all. I'm sitting here saying that we lost out on uh, hearing you say we lost out on that, and thinking to myself, well, if, if it if they we, had a great start to the year last year, but like Quinshawn Judkins, the running back, was felt like the major reason why the Ole yeah. Miss all, like felt like Jackson Dart. Well, they brought in two quarterbacks after uh, last season. That's how. Yeah, Spencer it, Sanders is sitting there on the bench. Yeah, they were so, and then Walker Howard, who what transferred from LSU, I think. Yeah, it would have been nice to have Jackson Dart as our backup last year, heading into the Texas game. But other than that, I, I mean, I think DG is. Uh, I think we're. I think we should be happy with where we're at. And tough news for Texas A&M today. They knew Connor Wegman was hurt. They were hoping it would only be two to three weeks. Connor Wegman is out for the entire year for Texas A&M. Ooh, um, that's that's. Going to be tough for an A&M team that's already lost on the road at Miami and did it pretty handily. Um, they, they've got some quarterbacks that, that, that have played uh, previously as starters still on the roster, but I, I didn't view A&M as an SEC West contender, John, and I, I certainly don't right now. No, it, it's really hard to make you feel bad for A&M, and I don't feel bad for A&M, but I do feel bad for the kid because he was having a really good season. That was the bright spot on A&M was their offense. People were wondering where their defense was and what was happening, but their offense was keeping them in games. They were they kept they were in the Miami game because of their offense. Um, but yeah, it just do you hate to see it? It sucks. Yeah, uh, Dan in Madison, Mississippi. You guys want some inside scoop on the Michael Trigg situation? Dan out there in Madison, Mississippi says been brewing for a few weeks. Bad teammate. He was a cancer. So there you go. There's the uh, information you were looking for. And everyone is agreeing on the text line. No one really agreed. Well, it was half and half. It was pretty split on Monday when we talked about Gabriel. But everyone, at least right now on the text line, can agree. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dylan Gabriel's better than Jackson Dart. What are we talking about here? 
And like I think like we all three agreed. Yeah, yeah. he's he, he's definitely better than, than Jackson Dart. What what what's the word that describes somebody that has to be considered a bad teammate, cancer to the team, on a team that's coached by Lane Kiffin? Like that criteria has to be different than like ninety nine percent of the other teams out there, right? He's showing up even less than the head coach is exactly. for meetings. Yes. That's what the criteria he's, is. He's more irreverent <laughs> and outspoken than the head coach. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 405-651-3439. We'll get to as many texts as we can. Coming up next, live from Brown O'Haver. Again, 405-735-5510. Give them a call if you've experienced a loss from fire, theft, tornado, or water. Brown O'Haver right here and more. More to come next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, John Whitson, co-host of the Boomer Bevo podcast. And he's with Brown O'Haver as well. That's where uh, we're hanging out today. Brown O'Haver, 1901 North Moore Avenue, 405-735-5510. That's 405-735-5510. Cole and Claire Morris got a question for you, John. Sure. Cole says, question for John. Is your team able to look at our coverage and tell me if certain things apply before damage come. My wife and I are building a good-sized shed this weekend and want to make sure it's insured. First of all, the short answer is yes. The small fine print is we are not insurance brokers. We can't, we're not licensed to sell insurance. But, yes, we can take a look at a policy and tell you uh, if, that's, uh, if it's appropriate for what you're trying to cover. However, I will say, personal experience, I, too, am in the process of building a large shed. The thing you want to check on is your other structures coverage. Make sure that matches or exceeds how much you're building on your shed. And the other thing is you want to take a look at your personal property and make sure that if you're planning on adding anything that you already own, so like if you're going to be putting more stuff into this shed than you already own, you might want to check a look at your personal property limits and make sure those are matched. Those are the two things that will bite you in the uh, backside if you're not covered. So your other structure coverage and your personal property. Man, you just got it all covered, man. You got well, it all covered. We do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you got yeah. 405-735-5510. Hashtag Ask John. That's what we need. Yeah. I know we got yeah. Ask Alice on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, Alice gives some breakdowns there, but uh, that, that's, that's good as well. Who's your favorite commit in this 24 class? Listen, dude, I want to keep it in the family, right? I, I like Eli Bowen. I know that he's a three-star. I it's weird that a, anybody named Bowen at this point is flying under the radar, but I think he is. I, I think that there probably might even be a misperception that he's only got a you know an offer, a serious offer, because we wanted Peyton so bad. Listen, anybody that's got the name Bowen, I'm on. I'm on Team Bowen. Peyton's amazing. I think this kid, if he's got the same genes as his brother, is going to fit in really nicely uh, on on our defense. I, I'm excited about him. What do you think, Parker? He goes Eli Bowen. Favorite commit right now? Gosh, it's tough. If you're going to make me pick just one. No, no, I'm, talk, I'm talking about his pick of Eli Bowen. You, you like it or you love it or no, you no, hate no, no, it? No, 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 no. I have no issue with his pick of Eli Bowen at all. I, I would probably lean towards Zion Kearney just because, I mean, I, I've said it before. He has the chance to be the best wide receiver that's worn the crimson and cream since CeeDee Lamb. That's my thought on him. Wow. I, now, I like having a guy like Ivan Carrion, who's just a tree. Uh, obviously, David Stone, if you're talking about impact, he's on the short list. But all in all, yeah, give me Zion Kearney, man. 
I might go Nigel Smith, you know, who's just uh, quiet to himself, no drama for an elite defensive lineman, top 100 player, felt for two years that you were going to get him, and then on decision day, yeah, I'm, I'm picking Oklahoma. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. i uh big fan of uh, Nigel Smith. Plus, I think he's going to be a, a really, really, really good player as well. Really good player. I, I got to tell you, you know, maybe it's Brent Venable's approach that don't commit unless you're committed. But it seems like, you know, we, 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 we're not constantly on decommit watch with our, with our guys. All of our guys seem really likable, easy to root for. They seem like the kind of guys we want to have on our Sooners team. Um, and, and I think it's a lot has to do with the way the staff approaches the recruiting trail. And it makes for a very pleasant class once they're committed. It's still stressful, but well, yeah, pleasant but once they're committed. You only get you only have to stress once. You don't have to stress two and three times. What four feel, times. It, I don't want to jinx anything, but it, sure does, so far. it sure does feel that way. Absolutely. Nine one eight with A and M losing a fair amount of games this year. Will Terry Bussey think about flipping later if he chooses A and M tomorrow? Parker, I'll let you take that. Uh, I, look, I I have no way of knowing. You know, like. He could commit to A&M tomorrow, and he could be as locked in as it gets. Or I, who knows? A&M could lose six, seven straight. Jimbo's on the hot seat. It's a five-alarm fire. There's just way too much hypothetical going on there for me to give you an answer. What I will say is that one of the things I've been told about Terry by people close to him is that, man, that is a loyal guy. Once he commits, as, as far as he can help it, he's not going to switch up on that team that he commits to, and he's going to do pretty much whatever they ask of him. Sarks Vodka says, looks like OU moved up to number six overall on on three after the re-rankings. Booma got Terry Bussey coming up tomorrow. Sounds like you're going to move in the uh, top five. You'll, you'll be in the top five probably in uh, all major, all major um, services there. If you get Terry Bussey tomorrow, again, that's going to be around 330, 345. So that'll happen during the rush. What'd you say about an hour and a half ago? Fifty-five, forty-five in favor of A and M. Is yeah, is still, that where you, uh, is that where you're sticking? I still favor A and M, but we'll see what the next twenty-four hours hold. Ooh boy, there we go. Should be fun. Brad O'Haver and more. Four zero five seven three five fifty-five ten. The rush is up next.